the Ortho PAC, hosted by Sam Dyer. Welcome to the Ortho PAC, where we discuss up-to-date orthopedic topics for the busy clinician. I invite you to sit back and relax as I attempt to fill in the gaps between education, current events, and real-world practice. Good afternoon, listeners, and welcome back. And for today, I wanted to share with our listeners a portion of a talk given to our attendees at our Denver meeting by Dr. Joshua Metzel, titled Minimally Invasive Achilles Repair Using APARS, which stands for Percutaneous Achilles Repair System. Dr. Metzel is at uh, UC Health Stedman Hawkins Clinic in Denver. He's the head physician of the Colorado Ballet and assistant team physician of the Denver Broncos, Colorado Rockies, and Colorado Rapids. Dr. Metzel reviews several studies in his talk, uh, studies regarding non-operative, operative, and PARS techniques for Achilles tendon tears. Uh, he reviews complication rates and return to sports for athletes. Uh, he cited several studies, and he also provides a couple of case studies uh, with operative images of his own patients. Very interesting uh, discussion. I was unaware of percutaneous Achilles repairs. So it was very helpful for me, and I hope you enjoy learning more about it as well. Uh, so without further ado, Dr. Metzl's talk. It's also important if we think about some of these uh, key studies in the literature to at least educate our patients and ourselves that even with excellent surgical care, excellent rehabilitation, excellent physicians, physician's assistants, that uh, it is a long road back to activity and some patients, especially high-level athletes, may have difficulty achieving their prior level of function. So this is uh, a study actually out of my alma mater at Columbia looking at uh, NBA, NFL, and Major League Baseball players and their return to activity after Achilles repair. And we see here that 30% of these uh, players were unable to return to play. Uh, and then among athletes who did return to play, uh, participation, total games played, uh, decreased even at one, but seemed to normalize by two years after uh, surgery. So I think it's just important to remember that even if, if everything is done uh, quite well, these patients can have a prolonged recovery. And I think this is a good context where we can introduce this idea of minimally invasive Achilles repair. The idea that we could uh, repair the tendon through smaller incisions, uh, maximize rehabilitation, maximize return to play, and ultimately patient outcome. So actually, the first description of minimally invasive Achilles repair was in 1977 by two authors, Ma and Griffith. And they used this kind of three incision technique. They restored tendon length and continuity with uh, uh, very minor complications, no infections. But subsequent studies uh, were not able to produce these results because this is a, ch a challenging technique that they, that they were able to utilize, but most other surgeons were not. So uh, the follow-up uh, kind of minimally invasive technique to that Ma and Griffith percutaneous technique is this uh, device called the Acalon device. This is a study published in 2002 in JBJS looking at a series of uh, 82 patients treated with this uh, kind of jig which we are able to pass uh, on either side of the Achilles tendon and pass sutures through the tendon without a, 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 long, a long incision. There were concerns with this technique, mainly that it was non-anatomic 
We were unable to create locking sutures, which I will show you uh, biomechanically is very important for the strength of the repair, and it was quite expensive. So my first introduction into minimally invasive Achilles repair was actually my fellowship year in 2012 in Charlotte, and we looked at the initial experience utilizing what's called the PARS or percutaneous Achilles repair system. So this is kind of the next generation of that Acalon device. Uh, this device is uh, placed uh, into the peritinon through a very small incision. And importantly, we're able to pass sutures through the Achilles and then create locked sutures. Locked sutures give uh, a significant increase in strength to the repair, and they're very important in, I think, the improved uh, clinical outcomes in these patients. So uh, our outcome measure uh, results were quite good, high OFAS scores, high patient satisfaction, and a return to activity at a much faster uh, time frame than what we had seen previously with open repair. Uh, plantar flexion strength, uh, comparing the operative and non-operative side was the same at six and 12 months. And a, a follow-up study to that uh, initial study was done by Andy Sue, who was a fellow uh, after, after I'd completed my fellowship, looking at 270 patients comparing PARS and open. And again, a greater number of patients with the PARS were able to return to activity by five months compared to open. So it appears that it's uh, accelerated recovery compared to non-operative treatment, but also compared to open uh, repair of an Achilles tendon as well. Just by show of hands, who has done an open Achilles repair? Great, and who has done a percutaneous Achilles repair? Okay, that's good. That's, 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 uh, that's actually a great number. Sometimes uh, when I uh, speak about this technique, even at other orthopedic meetings, that's uh, less show of hands, so that's fantastic. So the, the question would be how does the PARS technique compared to the Acalon. Remember, the PARS technique allows us to create these lock sutures, and the Acalon is three transverse incisions, uh, three transverse sutures uh, in the tendon, but no lock suture. And comparing gapping at the repair site and load to failure, this is a nice study out of AOFAS from 2011, uh, the PARS technique was uh, statistically uh, superior to the Acalon device. And in conclusion, the Cochrane Review, which essentially summarizes all the high-level literature uh, on uh, Achilles injuries, looked at 12 studies. Open repair reduces the risk of re-rupture, as I mentioned earlier. There's a higher risk of infection with open repair, which is intuitive, but complications can be decreased with percutaneous repair, so that's very important. And luckily, this is not my patient, but I wanted to include this slide and say, when we talk about the complications with an open Achilles repair, uh, these can be life-altering events. This typically requires multiple debridements. The tendon tissue often has to be removed. It may require a plastic surgeon like Dr. Schnur doing uh, a flap, uh, oftentimes requires an FHL uh, tendon transfer. So uh, the results, if a patient has a uh, deep infection from an open Achilles tendon repair, this is, this is a very significant complication. So any effort to avoid uh, this situation, I think, is well worth it. So in my practice, this would be uh, a patient that would be an excellent candidate for a minimally invasive Achilles repair. You can see that step off five centimeters proximal to the calcaneal insertion. Here you can see his Thompson test, where when I squeeze his calf, uh, we see no plantar flexion in the foot. And then you can also see the loss of resting tone comparing the injured side to the non-injured side. And then just to show you, that is a that's normal resting tone, and that's a normal Thompson test. So uh, typically with those three tests, 
I can tell a patient with 100% certainty whether or not they tore their Achilles. Certainly an MRI is not unreasonable, and we, we typically obtain MRIs in professional athletes, but uh, it is not necessary, and I think it's important. If I had my choice, I would rather have a physical examination and uh, plain x-rays to ensure there's not an insertional rupture and proceed to surgery rather than delaying surgery for an MRI. Uh, so this is the, the PARS minimally invasive technique. We make a two centimeter incision at the rupture site. We place that PARS device within the peritoneum. The sural nerve rests outside the peritoneum. So that's the idea with, the, with the, uh, this minimally invasive repair, that if we place the, the PARS device within the peritoneum, we are avoiding iatrogenic damage to the sural nerve. We then pass sutures through the tendon percutaneously, and then we remove the device and we create that lock suture using the, the loop sutures. Uh, and again, as I showed you in that biomechanical study, this enhances the strength of the repair. And so now we, we have our uh, lock suture proximally. We can place the PARS device distally, remove it, once again create our lock sutures, and then we place the foot in maximum plantar flexion, and, and then we complete our repair. And so you can see here, uh, there's no longer a step off at the rupture site. And even in surgery, the Thompson test has now normalized and the resting tone is, is excellent. Uh, so this is, uh, you know, it's not about time, it's about doing the surgery well, but if you can do a surgery in 20 to 30 minutes, I think it enhances patient recovery. That's less time with anesthesia, that's less time with a tourniquet. I do think it makes a difference uh, in terms of patient outcome if we can do these cases through a small incision and accelerate patient rehab. And as you can see here, this is the typical result at six weeks. The incision is healed and the patient is already uh, initiating their physical therapy regimen. Uh, my preference is for a horizontal incision, but if you have seen this technique, it's certainly not unreasonable to consider a small two centimeter vertical incision as well. Uh, patients can do very nicely. Um, this is another situation that a uh, patient that presented to my uh, office several years ago. This was a, a senior at CSU. He had completed his senior season. He was an offensive lineman, as you can tell. And he was at his pro day, ready to kind of take the step forward uh, and, and go into the NFL draft, and he tore his Achilles. So he was very upset. Uh, he'd kind of worked his whole life to get to this point. The family was very upset. And so their goal was, how can we fix this Achilles and get him back as quickly as possible? And you can see the MRI confirms the rupture. For me, if that is the context, when we are considering the injury and recovery, this is a great technique to, this is a great indication to use a technique where we do the PARS uh, device proximally like I showed you, but instead of doing uh, suture to suture repair, we can actually take those sutures and bury them into the calcaneus with swivel lock anchors. So uh, th this works quite well and it, it does give us increased confidence in the strength of the repair and allow us to push rehabilitation, so I can show you here. We place that PARS device, we retrieve the sutures from proximal to distal, we then drill and tap, we place the foot in maximum plantar flexion, and then we uh, place our uh, anchors distally. And so you can see, as I showed you in that last case, we have normalized the Thompson test, and uh, there's no longer a step off at the, at the rupture site. So because we have this increased confidence in, in the strength of the repair, we're able to push these patients a bit in physical therapy. So this patient here, he is at eight weeks postoperatively, and you can see non-antalgic gait pattern. By 12 weeks, he's actually back doing uh, some, I think, fairly advanced drills uh, with physical therapy. 
and uh, by 16 weeks, he was actually able to return to play, and he was able to get drafted uh, by the Colts. So I think this is, this is not necessarily for every patient, but if, if it's an active patient and the goal is to get back as quickly as possible, I do think that this can give you some uh, ability to accelerate recovery with confidence. This was another uh, one of our Colorado ballet dancers who uh, by five months uh, post-operative was actually already back dancing, again with that uh, tendon to bone fixation technique. He's the only patient we've ever had who dances through the ladders. We've never seen that. Uh, and then uh, this was one of our Broncos players. Again, similar situation, trying to get back as quickly as possible. And you can see here by eight months post-operatively, he uh, returned to play. There was, uh, it was, uh, kind of took the off-season into account. So um, I do think that this repair technique can be very helpful in trying to accelerate recovery for high-level athletes. My post-operative protocol is two weeks in a splint to rest the soft tissue. I then begin progressive weight-bearing in a boot with lifts. Uh, at six weeks, we begin to peel the lifts. We typically peel one lift every three days, bringing the patient to neutral by eight weeks. And then by eight weeks, we can begin getting the patient out of the boot. Um, four to six months return to sport is not unreasonable at all, as long as we set a realistic expectation that, uh, you know, that it may take longer to, to achieve their uh, full prior level of activity. And uh, you know, I would say, it kind of in summary, that the most important factor in having an excellent result with these cases is a motivated patient. We've been very blessed to have a, a tremendous collection of motivated patients in our practice. I al also would stress that the ultimate outcome is very much dependent on the care team, that surgeon, physician's assistant for sure, playing an integral role, physical therapy, coaches, trainers, everybody comes together to achieve these kind of excellent um, results for our patients. So I think Achilles tendon repair is supported by literature, as I showed you. I would give strong consideration to the minimally invasive approach. I do think it's beneficial for our patients. And also, uh, please don't forget to set realistic expectations for return to play. Thank you. Thank you for joining the OrthoPAC podcast. I wanted to let you know about our latest CME event in Charlotte. That's this fall. We're calling it the PAOS Orthopedic Bootcamp. This is intended for those new to orthopedics, or if you want to brush up on your orthopedic assessment and clinical knowledge, this course is for you. Please register online at paos.org CME. I hope we see you there.